one afternoon I was it was very ordinary, you know. I was just marking some some I was an English teacher at that mm-hmm. time and marking some essays and I was staying over there in um, Strangoon Road over in Highland Road and there were some trees and some clouds and without any any deliberation on my part no I became the clouds I became the I became the wind I became the rambutan I became everywhere no I was like Death has always been a certainty. That's what I like about Anjali. It has to be a celebration. Endless topics that we can talk about. Dying to meet you. Welcome to my podcast. And welcome back to my podcast. Today we have a very special guest, a guest that I would love to know more about, Dr. Kwan. Uh, thank you, Dr. Kwan, for joining us. Um, I've been dying to meet you. In fact, when Eugene shared with me about you, I wanted to know more about what you do. So could you just share with us what have you been doing over the last few decades? In the last few decades, I, I started off as a teacher. Oh. And then since then, went off to five different careers. So I went to vice principal, then principal of a school, mm. then became a corporate trainer, then the latest became counsellor and a neurotherapist. So oh. right now, I, what I do for the last 15 years is to treat anything wrong with the brain, I can fix it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I mean, and what, I mean, to, what were you teaching in the past? You said you were I teaching. was a music, my master's was in music education. Oh, I see. Yeah, so I had a scholarship. Uh, to go to the States because mm-hmm. uh, Lee Kuan Yew wanted every every secondary school to have a school band. Mm-hmm. At that time, they only had Raffles, ACS, uh, St. Patrick's and St. Joseph's. So there was uh, there were a lot of um, scholarships. Yes. And I applied since I had two grade six uh, certification on French horn and classical guitar. Mm-hmm. I got a scholarship to go for four years. Oh, wow. So that's that kind of changed my life. And and after that, like you became the principal of a school. Right, I was so vice principal of St Joseph's Institution mm-hmm. for about oh, yeah. five mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm. and then principal of St Patrick's School for about four years. Mm-hmm. And being ten years in school administration, uh, I was really stressed out. <laughs> so thought the best, uh, a good way out is to get myself another scholarship to do my PhD. Ah. So I went, I applied for Texas E&M and got it, uh-huh. another scholarship, so I went for another four years to do my educational curriculum and instruction. I see. And 15 years you said you are in Euro, so w- yeah. what, what gave you the idea? Or what ex- it started off in 2005 because my niece from Bali used to come to me and complained to me because she at that time she had only a five-year-old boy, uh, severely autistic, and they tried many, many uh, treatments. So I heard about neurofeedback and went off to the States to study it. And mm. since then, uh, I've been very involved with neurofeedback, uh, especially in creating awareness in the Asian region. So I've thought in... Mahito University, Busramban Hospital, Ipo Hospital, mm. Trungano Hospital, uh, Makati Medical Center, mm. uh, Patronus University, many, many hospital universities and clinical centers uh, mm. teaching teaching them. Wow. So maybe you can share a bit more about neurofeedback. 
what what uh, you know in a nutshell what does it mean uh basically what it does we put a cap mm. with 24 channels and then uh we put um electrogel to create conductivity with the brain and as we do that when we start the program the program will capture for whatever time for usually 5 minutes or 10 minutes the raw eeg that means whatever mm. the the patient has got coming you know picking up signals from there and from there after 5 minutes or so we will pick up 1 minute of pure clean eeg mm-hmm. and from there we create colored brain map called quantitative eeg mm-hmm. brain map and we know where the status of the brain is what are the weak points or strong points uh, like for example ocd or mm-hmm. anxiety or, or forgetfulness forgetfulness yeah <laughs> the tem- temporal temporal lobes <laughs> are involved so any any cognitive deficits can be treated with neurofeedback is remarkable so that's why I, you know i'm 76 years old now and i say it's about time for me to kind of slow down <laughs> not not entirely retire but i just want to enjoy life like my wife and i uh, we are going to japan in in may for oh, nice. about 3 weeks yeah. do the onsen and all that you kind sure of stuff. You deserve it. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Now you know how old or how young actually Dr. Kwan is. <laughs> yes. So I mean, it, it fascinates me as you speak about it because I actually did a session where I was asked to try it out. And you know, basically I I went for the session and there wasn't much analy- uh, analysis to the it was just putting all the electrodes. electrodes. Yeah. And then I had to listen to some music. and i think it was about maybe 15 minutes or it was a pure time but what he said to me was whatever you were listening was trying to re reorganize them yeah. but it's not something that is definitive it was something that he mentioned you know there's no result but again i'm a very result person right i want to know so that's why the sense. you know when when i have the brain map i'm the only one in asia actually mm. that offers that facility uh because then when you see and and I do a, like a two or three page report written report so that I give to the to the parents mm. and for the most part about 90% come back and say they want to sign up for the program ah so after that there's a treatment or like a yeah, program for them to correct uh, fix uh, any you know loophole yeah any cognitive ah, deficits yeah i see so how old must the child the child be from 3 to, to about 85 okay And um how many patients could you help like in is it only you running the practice or No I have I have a technician just mm. the two of us mm. but I do the brain map because it requires a lot of interpretation mm. I yeah. see Do you feel like uh you know when I was growing up I always feel that we don't know much about autism or dementia but lately you see you know uh, more and more people why do you think more people know uh, more about autism or dementia I, as compared to in the past when you don't really now because of the awareness being created mm. more a lot yeah and also dementia there's a dementia association effect I I have to come to you I definitely want to come to you <laughs> and take a look at my brain like uh, you know how to I always feel that you know your mind is your greatest asset right sure and, and, sure 
And how do you tap on the unconscious mind? Yeah. The yeah. subconscious, the subconscious mind where it can do things for you. Like a lot of times my memory, especially I think after birth, I don't know why they always say the mummy's brain, right? Uh, yeah, there's moments where I, for instance, I will tell you something and then the next minute I forgot and I ask you again. So my husband thinks that I may need to go for a check because he says that you asked me the same question four times. <laughs> and then he gets frustrated. Like, and then I was like, yeah, but I don't know yeah, why. Maybe just the beginning, right? But it takes years. Uh, that, that's why I like about neurofeedback because mm. with, the, with the electron microscope, you can see mm. within 10 to 15 ses- sessions, new neural pathways yes. you know, being created in your own brain. It's incredible. Wow. And just by the work that you do, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm definitely going to see you. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, is it true that ginkgo nuts and all these things, you know, is it, it really helpful? It, playing it, mahjong? It, it, it does, yeah. Scrabble, mahjong helps. Mm. Ginkgo helps. But I, I take a, a particular supplement. supplement from Canada. It belongs to, I mean, there was a one Olympic skating Olympic who won mm. Olympic many times, but he and his coach, they went around the world and kind of harnessed about um, 18 different uh, supplements, mm-hmm. you know, uh, plant-based to actually help with that. So he called it Mastermind. So, so the, the supplement is called Mastermind? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, so so I took, uh, there's one lady <laughs> who's doing it, um, my dear friend, but um, with depression, but since taking it every every month and a half, she called me. I need a supply of it because without that, she goes depression spiral. You know, mm-hmm. but with this, is stability. It maintains you, and that's why I like about this one. Yeah. It's from Canada. Oh, um, so let let us touch on that uh, because I I always have a big you know uh, concern about this topic and I think just yesterday we talked about there was an article that came out in the Straits Time about mental wellness right so your program would help mental wellness when we talk yes. about yeah, depression so this is not something because you know whenever I take care of patients or clients who already passed and because they are they've taken by choice um, it's really it's very heartbreaking whenever I see the family members you know they always have this why Right in in their mind, and so many times they ask, you know, questions like, "What would you do? What can you do, if someone they know is depressed?" Because a lot of them they are not guided by people who have family members who are depressed, and sometimes you know we use sleeping like very sweeping statement like, "Oh, get over it," or "You will get better," or you know, "You're not the only one who's suffering." But when you meet someone, a patient who is depressed, they don't want to hear that. They want to feel supported. So. And I know there's a lot of uh, medication that can help them. So, but how about your neurofeedback? How how can these group of people maybe seek help, professional help? Uh, uh, depression very easy to treat, you know. Oh. Yeah. Wow! I wish I I knew this before. For Ten to twenty <laughs> sessions, and a lot of the people, the clients, and all that, they stop coming, and many many. Uh, what was the cause of depression? Is it one of the could, synapses? Could be a lot of a lot of things. Could be a trauma. Could be many many things. Mm-hmm. Family background, betrayal, a lot of mm. things. Just of it is we we treat the the synapses. You know the brain mm. cells actually. Mm. We create new pathways. So each particular brain cell has got a capacity of ten thousand connections, mm. and we hardly use it. So what mm. we are doing with this. We are encouraging them to 
to connect. And with the special, we call Loretta Neurofeedback, that's the latest program mm-hmm. I have. Um, it goes to 46 different parts of the brain, mm-hmm. and wherever there's some deficit, you will go in and start treating them. So, I mean, having gone through so many of the patients that you have, or clients, I would say, right, um, or, or maybe in your life, because seven, 76 years of your life, I, I, I believe there are times where it's really down. Is there any down point in your time, the lowest oh, point? Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, mm. When my dad committed suicide, it was a down time, and there was um, nobody, you know, uh, could help me. I, I just said a prayer, I says, Lord, you got to help me. It's beyond me. Mm. But then I, I had, I was very fortunate to have done, and Eugene and I talked about this, but we had no chance to go to it. Ira mm. uh, Progrov is a Jewish psychotherapist. Mm. He invented a special self-therapeutic tool that you can treat yourself. Mm. It's called the Intensive Journal Workshop. Intensive Journal Workshop. Yeah, okay. and then... Over there, you have, like, for example, you start off with, you know, the, the now moment. So it describes whatever's happening right now, and you describe who are the people involved, the significant people involved right now in your life, and you create a scenario. And then you have dialogue, dialogue with your body, uh, dialogue mm-hmm. with your, like, for example, I had uh, many, many dialogues with my father who passed on, mm-hmm. and I couldn't contact him. So I had many dialogues, and... Mm-hmm. And as we do that, you know, you're actually using, coining your words, the picking up the things from the subconscious and quite a lot of things that mm. he never revealed to me came out of it. And from there, uh, I was also fortunate during the, after I hit bo- rock bottom and I was very depressed. But with this help, I got also involved with um, a union psychotherapist from California. Mm. So she helped me out, pulled me up. Yeah. How, how young were you? That one was a seven forties uh, mm. late, late 30s. Was, what, what, did you see signs of your dad when... Yeah, uh, the, when, when the, uh, I was surprised when, when I, I had a full-blown music. I just came back from the States with, uh, with my master's in music, mm. so I had $10,000... Uh, donation from Shaw Foundation made of fantastic music. Mm. So when he heard from Star Wars, he just told me to switch off, switch off. And then I was wondering why. You know. But then after the autopsy, they found two two um, Tumor. tumors, you know, inside inside this ear. So that was causing some effects. So then I knew that could be because of that. There was some. I was able to reconcile, mm. but the, through the intensive journal, I I managed to. So now I I still do when I whenever. That's the main uh, the main uh, downside, so to speak, and that also activated. And I had a what Deepak Chopra calls, you know, ah, yes. the eighth level of consciousness, mm. the God consciousness. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, I went through that. Mm. Also in the States, I went through with holotropic breath work, where Mm. you do holotropic breath work and hyperventilation, and you get connected Mm. with the subconscious. Mm. Yeah, very incredible. So I was very um, privileged to to have this, and also enlightened masters that I've that Mm. I've studied with. 
Oh wow! Uh, I mean, even that just uh, you know make me think about what other things we could help um, people because I think the intensive journaling helps a lot. Talking to yourself, and you mentioned just now even you talk to your body. So all this, do you write it down? Or I write now. Yeah, write yeah. There's intensive journal. Mm, yeah. But do you still keep them and then you review them years after, or do you? Uh, right now, I haven't done it for quite a number of years, I uh, so I haven't. I see. Wow. It must be very traumatic. Because I think to be on the family side whenever we see someone who passed away because of choice. Um, example, this year I had one that was quite traumatic for me. And uh, he decided to end his life because he, he was too proud to admit that he was having a marriage problem. He has three kids. And when his wife wanted to divorce, he couldn't come to terms. So he's a high flyer. But nobody knew he was having marriage problem. And what I thought was very disturbing was um, he did text his daughter, who is fairly young, before he chose to go and where to find him. So it was only the next morning when the daughter woke up, saw the message. So all I could think of is how the daughter would be affected by this episode that she was the last contact that you know daddy sent and not much words from him so it always and of course you know when i met um when i see the mom uh, that's the worst right that the devastation and how do people move past this uh, depression so did, did your episode with your dad committing suicide also help to trigger your interest in neural feedback yeah and, and also i was wondering and asking asking the universe no why why did this happen to me but within six months, I had three suicidal cases I was handling. You know? I was like, oh, maybe this is the answer to my prayers. <laughs> <laughs> How come Trying you were to, handling? Like, they, they just came to me. Know? I mean, your friends, an introduction. Mm. On a, like even now, I just today, I had a telephone call from the Ministry of Education. They have mm. one high flyer um, superintendent of schools that want to contact me. Yeah, mm, for, for help, right? For help, yeah. Yeah, so I think there's always help, like, you know, when, when I think now that you share, uh, maybe you'll be expecting not to stop your work, you know, <laughs> maybe do it at home, yes, uh, in the comfort of your house. But I think a lot of people can benefit from it, definitely, even for myself. So, what about your highest point, like your highest point in your life? My highest point would be uh, those, the, the, like, what I was saying, you know, after. Uh, I, I always remember 21st of November 1970. <laughs> 1978, no, I, I, had, I had this this big, uh, I call it a God experience, mm. using holotropic breath work, and I had to hold a, a Gerard who was my partner because mm. because he would be an anchor to the to the physical reality, yeah. but I would flip up to some other level of consciousness, mm. and that's where I I felt. This, this booming voice telling, let go, let go, you know, uh, surrender. I said, what, surrender? I just got married, I just received my PhD, and you asked me to surrender. Oh, surrender. <laughs> <laughs> so, then as the steel plate, you know, the, uh, like, um, was just cramming down on me, and I finally I said, surrender. Then I had uh, some people next to me saw a beam of light from my throat chopper going to the to the universe. Doing up to the roof of the ah. of the room that we were in. And I was so aesthetic now, I was so I'm, even now I, I 
I can just imagine and the intensity is still there. Mm. Yeah. And the the music that was played at that time was Conquest by 1894. Very, very uh, about about Christopher Columbus going into into America. There was lyrics in the song? Uh, no, just musical. Just musical? Yeah, but very booming, oh. loud, sound playing music, booming sound. That's, that was, even now, mm. I want to recall that particular incident, I just play that music, right? that music yeah, and I, I, I get pins and needles and, mm. and it's really wow. incredible. So what do you call this again? You went for this? Uh, Holotropic breathwork. Holotropic yeah. breathwork, okay. Stan Groff, who was a, a Belgium a psychotherapist mm. and what he did was, instead of using doing research on LSD. Mm. So later on, he used uh, non, non-drugs or using the breath work and... Mm. Hold your breath. Like, uh, no. Oh. Actually, hyperventilate mm. plus uh, evocative music that pushes you out, out of the boundaries of your consciousness. Oh. I heard of something because we did something in... Um, when I was in Burning Man, we did uh, something like this. I can't remember what's the name called. So we all lie down and we're supposed to do this hyperventilation, then you hold your breath for quite a while. Uh, it's longer than you think, you know, because you always think you can't hold your breath for so long. But actually, during the exercise, the problem is I didn't benefit from it because I was too conscious. I was not really listening to the lady. I was very conscious of my surroundings because too many people and people were walking around. But whoever went through that afterwards had a very enlightening you know, they wake up having this like panting, like oh, like what just happened, like, and it was like I could see the lights in their eyes. I was really because there's only one session, so I always wanted to go back to try that. And yeah, I wanted music. to bring him to Singapore, but uh, no, didn't work. Too expensive. <laughs> okay, maybe um, one day, you know, we should do that. <laughs> yes. So you share about this, and you even vividly remember that date and, and you know the year so and, and just now when you say about music I mean music always trigger memories right yeah. and that that uh, you know to me is like dementia because when we interviewed Danny in the past episode who was running the Enabling Asia about helping dementia and this year it was more about food like smell triggering memories so all these memories like how do we you know using neural feedback what are your or, or maybe without using neurofeedback are there things that we as human like we can use to enhance our memory or even to if I didn't know about neurofeedback is there something that we can do actually without if we didn't know about you know, something that you mentioned mahjongs scrabble mm. you know uh, even walking every day for mm. half an hour that's very helpful a lot of benefits for that yeah and then various therapies on Mm. So when you started 15 years ago this practice, what did you hope to achieve? Or To help mainly my, my grandnephew. So now mm. he's a full-time baker. So he's, uh, he's got, he just still does life skills and mm. all that, but he's able to have functional, uh, yeah, functional his ability to... I you see, know, I see. So you must have seen many. Many, mm-hmm. but, but to be... About 45 of them, you know, in my record, have fully been functioning normally. Wow. 45 of them. Wow. That's amazing. So, so how do you deal with, you know, the, uh, parents who... I think this could help a lot of parents when they deal with 
such explosive uh, behavior, right? Yeah, I mean, I I was also manhandled by oh. by an autistic boy. I tried to hold him down, but he he just knocked his head and oh. bang against my chin. head, oh, yeah, yeah. against my chin, against the head, and it was the electrical circuit. You know, and he had a deep gash. And he went to hospital I mean, with a big cut. When he but was at your clinic? Yeah, so I, so I just told him other occupational hazard, you know, and then <laughs> talked to him slowly. The main thing is to, you know, to be very patient, calm, and mainly to be calm, you know, because, yeah. because the, your calmness actually triggers off that also, that positive thing yeah. to, to the person. But what about people around? Like, what can we do, right, to... Is there something... It depends on the situation, you know. mm. You know, every situation will depend on the circumstances. Mm. So, other than just traveling to Japan, I think Japan is a big space for. Yeah, I, I was I was there uh, three years ago and enjoyed it so much. So mm. we're gonna do it again. But I've been to many many places. Uh, <coughs> in the states, I did uh, the shamanic journey. It was a three day wow. workshop. But I was you need to be under a very controlled. Um, you need to be in a very. Controlled yeah, I just read about it. I haven't really. Oh, you haven't. You know, there's a Gwena Peltro. She has a Netflix document uh, documentary about. Yeah, so about trying out different. Um, drugs. Uh, not just drugs, but every episode is about different treatment. Like there was one about like bathing in the cold, like in the cold sea, you know, and then so after the episode, I start to think, okay, I'm going to take a cold shower every morning because it's very puzzling. People ask me this question. Why is it that Singaporeans take warm shower when it's so hot and then you complain when you go to an aircon room, you blast your aircon, right? But when you take a shower, you take a warm shower. So, but he was saying that, you know, taking a cold shower. So in one of the documentary, um, it talks about how this, uh, I forgot the guy who created it, but you know, jumping into like ice cold is to heal your body, heal your brain and all that. So I thought, what a good idea. So every morning I take a cold shower. Um, then there was another episode about, he, he, I mean, she sent one of her team to ayahuasca to go through, I mean, to go through the ayahuasca experience. And it was very therapeutic in a way for her. Everybody has different episodes. Even my brother-in-law went for it and he encouraged me to do it. He did it in Brazil. He lives in Brazil. So he was like, let's do it. So that's why when I heard they brought something to Indonesia, which is mm. closer, right? I said, I want to do it. But you need to be guided by the Sherman, the, like the, all the volunteers, they need to protect you because you may have different um, experience with that. Yeah. And because I think they use, even the one of the, the documentary I watched, like, you know, how they use uh, um, LSD to heal because the psychedelic was sort of, I don't know whether this is true, but the psychedelics helped to uh, stimulate certain cells that you don't get in touch with. Is that true? I'm not sure. I don't you know. know. <laughs> I'm always curious about that. So yes, so you know, because for our podcast, we, you know, my work, my um, funeral. So every time uh, we do ask our guests whether they have ever contemplated their own farewell. So what is your experience? I've never contemplated that, but I was preparing myself when I was going for my back surgery, you know, and I mm. it was a five-hour surgery and I, <coughs> I said a silent prayer and I said, told, told the universe that I've lived a full life, I've done all that I wanted to do mm. and I'm fully prepared to go on to the next 
life, you know. Mm. Well, then after five hours, I came back. So came back to consciousness. I said, well, God, I think you guys still got some unfinished business. To <laughs> you still want to hear on earth, you know. <laughs> not so fast. Yeah, not so fast. Was that a near death for you? Huh? Was that a near death encounter? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You were, for a moment of time, you were... Could you see? Right? Yeah. In between, I had a, like a... Some kind of a choice, like a vague choice, but I, but it says no. It said for me to, I just regained consciousness and <coughs> knew that. So this happened twice. During the five hours? No, five hours was one time, and the other one was uh, just about uh, just about two years ago. Another time. You went through a surgery. Yeah, I went through a surgery, and, and then. so came back again. I said, well. I won't say that anymore. <laughs> Time come. But that that period, like uh, you know how people always share, uh, or I read books about, because I'm always fascinated by people who come back alive as they say it. Right? What do you think happened to the uh, the neuro when this happened? Because we always said that um, in in my book I talk about the last to go, uh, the organs, the last organ to go is actually you're hearing. Hearing, right? Yeah, uh, and hearing also hearing. The, yeah, uh, sorry, hearing is the last. So, but of course, everything is still, you know, moving. So it's interesting that they said the last is hearing. So every time when someone passes away, we keep talking, like to the person. And like my experience with my father's passing was, I I remember talking to him. We didn't expect him to pass, so we I I couldn't bear with the fact that he died. Uh, so there were moments where I was fighting, I was denying, right? I was bargaining, like, oh, you know, yeah, you, you, I, I was in denial. So I asked him to come back, I'll come back, and then I was telling him some things that sort of he promised me, and then like, oh, we, we, we were supposed to go home, you know, how could you leave us? But then there was a point that, after I accepted, it was just a span of like minutes, right? Then I realized that okay, I think it was good to let go, and I said okay, I mean. I know you need to go and all that. And that moment when I said that, he had a tear rolling down his uh, eyes. And, and that, everyone is always saying, oh, what did, what did that mean? Does it mean that he didn't, have, he didn't rest in peace and all that, right? So because we, at a point in time, I didn't know that the last is the hearing. But how does it, you know, in terms of the brain activity, has there been? It, it doesn't stop immediately when a person. Yeah, comes yeah, yeah. So the memories and all that, and they always say that you get a flashback of your entire life when just moments before you go. Correct. Yeah. Did you have that? No, no. <laughs> no. So yes, you're you're not you're not supposed to go yet. No, but it's 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 very interesting to hear about how you know the brain. Yeah, the how it works, and and when it comes to the passing of the loved ones. And what it can do to us. So for you, you're prepared to go. But have you ever thought about how, what kind of farewell you would want? No, I never thought about it. Mm. What about legacy? I think that that would be interesting, more interesting for you. Actually, I've left behind this, you know, all the various centers throughout Asia, mm. on neurofeedback. There, you know, because mm. they are at a university level, hospital, wellness centers, so the clinical settings. So they all. They are moving, they are still carrying on the work, so... Mm. So that would be the kind of legacy you would like? Yeah, I told myself I, I would want to spread this knowledge and practice of neurofeedback throughout Asia. Yes. And right now, you know, it's been in all of Asia, in Korea, Japan, Hong Kong, China, yeah. uh, everywhere, Indonesia, 
Malaysia, India, all over. Yeah, I think everyone can benefit from it. Do you think neurofeedback can be something that we have a home system? You can't. There is, there is a home system there. Oh, I think that would be good to have it at home, and then we can. Is it very expensive to get a? System? No, no. The home system is a four channel. It's about ten thousand Singapore dollars. Huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, do you have any, you know? Wisdom, like what's your life motto? Because I see that you know when you first initially shared, you have five career, you are already seventy six, but you are not, you haven't shown sign that you want to step down. Other than sharing that you're gonna go to Japan, and sort of uh, take things a bit slower, but I don't think you were, you know, hundred percent just let go. But what was that life motto for you, after your dad's passing, or, or what have changed your perspective, and how do you live your life? No, there was another one after my dad's suicide and I had that extension of mm. three to four months of very intensive neurofeedback. Mm. I mean, uh, or meditation. And one, one day, one afternoon, I was, it was very ordinary, you know. I was just marking some... some I was an English teacher at that mm-hmm. time and marking some essays. And I was staying over there on Strangoon Road, over in Highland Road. And there were some trees and some clouds... And without any any deliberation on my part, no, mm. I became the clouds. I became the I became the wind. I became the rambutan. Became everywhere. No, I was like out of body experience. Isn't it? Yeah, it's out of body, but it was like in cosmic in cosmic terms, cosmic consciousness mm. because I was everywhere, mm. and I didn't have any awareness of my body. I was in a my physical body was in a, an easy chair, and it was about three to four hours later that I came back. Oh. I came, came back to, you know, that I felt so hemmed in in this physical body, because wow. before that was ultimate freedom to be where I was, and I was everywhere, so there was a, it was the closest identification of the cosmic, the, yeah, the cosmic consciousness. Huh? And then that night, I was staying with a friend of mine, uh, Brother Gabriel, at that time. Uh, this, another part of this, I mm. haven't told you, that I was a Christian brother. Mm. I don't know whether he told no, you he or didn't. not. Yeah, yeah. so I was, uh, you know, delirious with, with happiness and all that, and it was raining cats and dogs. And I said, Gabriel, I, you know, I feel like stripping naked and, <laughs> and you know, being in the rain, no? Say you do that, I'll send you to Woodbridge Hospital. <laughs> well, that was that was so funny, but but that was really a very deep, deep experience I had. Wow. Yeah. Wow. How, but how did you come to that? Because you were doing a lot of meditation. Yeah, well, yeah. But this one cannot be manipulated or what. Right. You just just have to be open and see. It's, it's like a grace, you know. It's a mm. free gift. Mm. But I was very fortunate. I had about three, four very deep spiritual experiences. Yeah. So now when I see people, you know, it's a very different mentality. I can put aside whatever negativity about them and see them in their purest form, so to speak, Mm. or in a positive Mm. thing. So that's why with the kids or whoever comes to me, uh, right now I have a 12-year-old, very severe autistic child, a girl, and she has, after 20 sessions, she has come down and... The mother says she wants to continue, want to mm. 
want me to go to the, to to my place over in January to carry on because uh, her mood regulation is much better. Her, uh, she doesn't throw things about the, the, the teachers in the schools here. She has calmed down a lot. But uh, now we're working on the language now. So I mean, even that, like, to that cosmic experience, I'm, I'm still trying to visualize. So as you're talking to me about it, I always visualize. I'm a visual person, and I was just wondering for that three hours, the four hours, where were you floating to, or what did you see, right? I, I was like everywhere, man. I was. Did you feel like the warmth of the sun, and then you go into the? You would have, no, you I was just like tree, just yeah. one speck, just zoom, oh. like like anything's <laughs> like one of the Star Wars movies. You, know, <laughs> you go into hyperspace or something like that. Wow! Yeah, interesting. So maybe we should talk about like you know you, you probably haven't given much thought about farewell because I think you pretty much live life, you know, to, in the present. What about you know the physical body? Like when when the consciousness leaves the body. What do you think? My wife and I already made made arrangements. They can throw the ashes in the sea. Ah, yeah. You know, I I, I attended a funeral of a. Uh, this was in Canada, and he's a whiskey lover. So everybody cheers to him with whiskey. But it was very interesting. He 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 runs a, a car battery shop. So you know, he fixed the batteries and all that. So the family actually got an empty. I don't know how they do it, but the ashes was in a battery, a car battery, and he was placed at the pedestal. So they all had a service, like a memorial service, and the whiskey was being served. Because I always feel that funeral is not, um, and I quote this, you know, funeral is not a day in a lifetime, it's actually a lifetime in a day. And with the, the things that you've done, the legacy that you leave behind, you know, your neural feedback, so many people will want to come and bid farewell and, and talk about stories and all that. And I think the legacy, you know, what is uh, the legacy you leave behind, I think the 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 children who have benefited, the family members who have benefited, I think, yeah, you have left a lot of footprint in their, their hearts I, forever. I think if I would plan Dr. Guan's funeral, right? He would not be buried in the, uh, you know, the usual way or cremate in the normal <coughs> Mandai crematorium. Mm. I'll find him now, why expanse of desert, put him six feet high up, <laughs> then burn him on a pyre, and send his ashes up to heaven. Then yeah. in Singapore, we will have all the, what do you call it, memorial services. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can have his photo there, then yes. all the beneficiaries, the, all those people that say will come down and give their respect, but your body is somewhere else with the cosmic forces. That's how I would imagine it. Have you seen the movie Dune? Yes, I have. Yes. Yeah, it's something like that in the in the so, in the, so that, that, in the, that in the desert, you. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Really incredible. And only a few of us were sitting around, be drinking to him and sing of the heroes <laughs> and the, the poet, you know. Yeah, so I think that's that's the kind of you know I see Doctor Guan having. So, so Doctor Guan, um, is there any you know word of wisdom that you would like to share with our audiences? Off my cuff, I can just say that you know, as far as I know. We have only one life, and that's the only one life that we have. And to make the best use of it, you know, getting every day, getting up in the morning and thanking the universe for the life, and and to be to dwell on the positive, not on the negative. It reminds me of the Cherokee uh, Indian chief Joseph, uh, who's who had a grandson. And uh, grandson asked him, uh, Grandpa, how how will these people, what will happen to them, to the wolf? And he said, well, the wolf, if you feed them food, they become 
good and if you if not then they become bad so it depends on how you take care of the of yourself so just like this we have to take care of ourselves and mm. and i don't know it's too too early for me to give any words of wisdom no <laughs> you have so many words of wisdom you're too modest so now one of my <laughs> one of my hobbies is to get into net i mean um, youtube you know mm. and you see hubble's hubble's telescope what whatever they find in the universe many many millions and oh. as i as i go to deeper and deeper into space to far off i i can identify with with that, with oh, that wow. you know going mm. into that and and just and i can go into that state just by just like a step back oh. yeah any time mm. so to me to be able to to teach but also to teach is hard because mm-hmm. one of my um sydney banks my spiritual director he was saying that when we were doing this uh, he calls it the three principles of mind thought and consciousness and i i spent one whole week with him you know in mm-hmm. salt salt lake island in vancouver mm-hmm. and in one of the workshops in one of his discourses I just told him a few things and he says you caught it hmm. and he used the word caught you know you cannot teach you cannot it has to be you just have it inside you hmm. so that was like another because I was very fortunate I am very fortunate to get um, you know many many highly evolved um spiritual masters mm. at least eight of them wow so i think um, our audience would also not like to know more about the neurofeedback we're going to get dr kwan to share um maybe you can share your clinic uh the name of your clinic or your uh, brain practice. enhancement center private limited i see so of uh, is there a website they can follow? yes yes yeah so yes there you go with uh, dr kwan today um it's it's really really uh really just an eye opener and just visualizing him stepping back and then moving to you know to his oyster <laughs> and then coming back by controlling that It's like a magic one, you know, ping, and then you travel, then ping, you come back. I, I, I hope one day, one day somewhere down my path, I will be able to do that. Yes, thank you so much. In fact, much. every, every, yes. the, the, everybody, the, the ability is within every one of us. Oh my God, I want to start training. I want to start training. <laughs> so yes, here we have uh, Dr. Nguyen. Thank you so much for joining us. You will have more information on the link. And we hope that you know very soon you will travel again just like like that. <laughs> and of course, if you have any more you know wisdom and uh, to share with us as well. Sure. Thank you so much. Thank you. And Thank we'll you, Jodi. Thank you very much. Show. Thank you. Death has always been a certainty. That's what I like about Anjali. It has to be a celebration. Endless topics that we can talk about. Whatever you leave behind, that's the impact that you leave on.